Alright, let's keep it going. Keep keep myself keep myself focused, get myself back on track. Let's do another one that I have a lot of fun with. We just did a Marvel catch-up one. I would love to get into doing this more often too. I did about two of them last year. Uh, this is going to be the first one for this year. From the looks of it, I might not be able to fit in more than another one. But I do enjoy doing this. I do appreciate it for what it uh, is, for what it kind of offers. Uh, as far as you know, looking forward to what we have coming up in the TV and movie realm. So let's do a quick trailer rundown. Things that, you know, aren't necessarily within the realm um, that maybe people are or aren't talking about. And just take a look at what we have to look forward to. It's getting hot out. Summer's right here. We got a lot of good content coming out over the next couple of months, specifically in June and July. They seem to be packed pretty heavily with a lot of good content. So... Uh, let's get started with one that's sort of a bit obvious for a lot of people. It's just been kind of announced, and of course it's very highly anticipated for a lot of people, not necessarily me. The sequel to Avatar is finally coming out. It's going to be released sometime in December. It is called Avatar The Way of Water, and I'm probably going to be one of the few people that says that I don't give a shit. I'm going to start off right with that. I do not care about that film at all. I remember it got so much hype for being visually stunning. And granted, it was. like From the year that that film was released and how visually like good it was, that's one thing. But truthfully, the story is garbage. And it's just redone in so many ways. That even if you wrap it up around this really well done, like, cinematography and the well done CGI and how many years it takes to really get it to look that good. Yes, it looks great, but I'm sorry, CGI does not make a movie better. And you know who knew that, you know who learned that the hard way? All those people that made all those horror movies back in the 80s, 3D, thinking that that's going to make the movie stick, stand out and make the movie seem better. You know, Friday the 13th the 3D was not good. Jaws in 3D was not good. I don't care what anybody really has to say, but the first Avatar is an overdone story. It's been done a million times. I don't even like to be the person that says that either. It's just, it got so much hype that I sometimes feel like I have to be the one to really bring it down a notch. You know, I can, I, I'm one to say even though something can get a lot of hype or something is overplayed or stories have been done before, sometimes they haven't been done sort of in that way and I can find appreciation for it. What I can't find appreciation for is that that film literally did a hundred things the exact same way of like ten of the movies that had the exact same plot and none of those films got the amount of hype that this one did. And all of its hype is literally wrapped around its visual complexities that were there. That should not make a film worthwhile. It should not be worthwhile because of the features. Like, we don't go see the MCU movies and we don't go see Disney films for how high quality Pixar movies come out. Or, or the 3D that Disney has hold of and how good that looks. We go because they're great stories. Those features they give us is also what makes those stories worth it. 
But if you don't have a good story or a decent enough story to really make it seem like it's worthwhile, then whatever features you wrap it around in, it, it, it it's it's trying it's trying to spray for v, spray for breeze on shit. That's what it seems like to me. And I know I'm gonna be the only one that says it. Sorry to all of you really diehard Avatar fans. But that's where I'm going to start this. Probably should have ended it because you'll probably shut the rest of the episode off by now. But I'm just going right out there and saying it. I am a big advocate against Avatar. No other reason except I don't think it deserves all the hype it gets. But I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. It's coming out in December. By all means, you look forward to it. I'm probably not going to watch it. I didn't watch the first one until three years after it came out because... I just didn't care. It didn't strike me as something I needed to watch right there and then on the spot. So, you know, it is what it is. But let's go on to some things that I actually am looking forward to. Um, the most recent thing that's coming out in a couple of days, actually, Obi-Wan Kenobi. The trailer for that looks really good. And it also is nice to see that they're continuing this kind of branching off of different stories in the Star Wars universe. You know, really taking stories that we want, things that we want to see, things that we even didn't think we wanted to see. Like, one of my favorite films of the last couple of years for uh, Star Wars, it has to be Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was tremendous, and I still think it is. I still think it holds up as a film that perfectly fits, storytelling-wise, in the middle of what was happening as far as where it takes place, in the middle of A New Hope and after um, uh, whatever the third episode's name is. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I don't think that necessarily matters either because nobody likes the third one. Nobody likes any of the first trilogy, but I digress. So it's nice to see that they're kind of continuing that by also showing like oh this is what happens after obi-wan drops off you know luke and leia to be or at least luke to be with his you know uncle and his aunt living on a planet you know far away so nobody can find him so it's nice to see the obi-wan journey and where they want to take that to and what um what we could expect out of that as far as the storytelling is concerned I appreciate that uh, Ewan McGregor came back and played Obi-Wan again since he played Obi-Wan in the original trilogy. So it's nice that they're keeping as many people as they can on board to reprise characters. And he just, he looks great. He really does. He looks really, really good. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I don't know how long it's supposed to be, how many episodes it has. I think it might be six, I read somewhere. I might be wrong, it could be eight, but that premieres in a couple of days, and I know a lot of big Star Wars fans are definitely, definitely looking forward to that, so uh, that's it for May, you know, almost at the end of May, so let's hop into June, we have a lot coming out in June, in no particular order, they just released the trailer for the Baymax series, they did a spin-off series of the character Baymax from the film Big Hero 6, Big Hero 6 came out sometime in 2012, I want to say. Maybe a little earlier or later than that. But I want to say it was sometime around 2012. And now we're talking 10 years later. And we're at least 10 years later, depending on how, how long it really was. And we're finally getting this character kind of based on, you know, one of the primary reasons that makes Big Hero 6 such a great film. Now, from what I see in the trailer, it doesn't look like they're going with the hero kind of angle. They're going with kind of like he's a service, an emotional support robot, and that's what they're sticking with. So it's kind of going to be that realm of like, oh yeah, 
it, this is just what he was actually meant for. He's not meant to be a superhero. He's meant to be this health support robot in a way. So it's going to be a little bit of fun to see them actually go that angle and see what it's all about. Uh, maybe I'm maybe it's like just misleading. Maybe the trailer is just meant to be misleading and it's meant to show you like, oh, yeah, this is what it's going to be about. But then you get into it and it actually really is going to be a lot more about all the superhero stuff um, that they have going on. I think it's going to be fun to watch. You know, I, I appreciated Big Hero 6. I'm probably uh, one of the few that praise it as highly as it definitely deserves. Um, you know, a lot of people feel, I feel like a lot of people, it kind of just goes under the radar. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong by that. Maybe more people have seen it than I, even I'm giving it credit for. I just feel like it's one of those films that deserves a little more attention and probably a sequel more based around what the actual, you know, film is the film about superheroes, but that's just me. Maybe I just want that because I thought the film was really, really good. Uh, what else do we have in June? We have... Very highly anticipated, and I can't fucking wait for it, is the new season of The Umbrella Academy. Now, I loved the first two seasons, and I didn't get into it until the second season rolled around. And after I watched both seasons front to back in like one weekend, I feel like it was, and I think I did um, an entry about uh, The Umbrella Academy, if I don't, if I remember correctly, but what I loved was that it also had a place to find more you know, source material. It has uh, a very well-renowned comic series, which is what the show is based off of. But, you know, it's obviously certain things that can't translate from the comics to the show and different storytelling aspects and whatnot. It's just nice that uh, Gerald Way, the creator, still has such a hand in the creative process of the series because even though I believe he's not even making any more comics, I only think, because I read all of them, or I at least read all the ones I could find, and I could only find, I think, two volumes, you know, you know, a dozen comics, maybe 15 comics at most, and they were very spread apart amongst many years. So a lot of what it seems that they're doing is just Gerald Way's, Gerald Way saying, you know, this is where I wanted the story to go, and, and him being a part of the writing process of writing more content than there are actual source material for. So he's creating the story he kind of wanted to, and there's no, there isn't going to be a comic for that. It's just going to be in this show fashion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's released more comics since I read it. I'm talking like this was two years ago when I first got into the show and, you know, season two had already ended and everybody was talking about it. And I was like, okay, I got to get into the show. Seems pretty cool. I know what it's about. I've heard of the comic I knew it was about something that was written by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. I just never gave it the opportunity, and then I finally did, and I regretted not giving it the opportunity sooner. So I'm re really looking forward to the new season. It looks a lot of fun. I don't know um, much about where they're going, because like I said, I've only read a certain number of the comics, but the comics I have read, in comparison to what they have been doing in the show, a lot of it is pretty spot on, very, very accurate. And I'm just looking forward to where this story could possibly go and getting more of this, this little, little adoptive family dynamic. I think they do that show very, very, it's very well written and it's just a joy to watch. So that new season's coming out sometime in June and uh, it's going to be on Netflix. And of course, Netflix is, you know, banging it out with the shows because what else is coming to Netflix is friggin' Stranger Things 4 finally coming out with the next season of that. And if... If I'm reading correctly about a lot of what I'm seeing, this is supposed to be the last one. 
And I don't know how true that is. It's just from what it looks like, it looks like they wanted to stop at this fourth season, maybe. I could be wrong by that. I could be 100% absolutely positively wrong about that. But from what I'm seeing in the trailer, it talks about it being the ending. So I'm not going to say that would suck if it ended, but I just hope it ends on a good note. Because, you know, four seasons to give to a show can le- make it end off on a, on a very good plane. You know, like, I'm, I'm watching a show right now on Netflix, Lost in Space, and I'm starting to fall in love with it. I'm up to the third season. I just started the first, uh, the first episode of the third season the other day, and I learned that this is the last season, that it was canceled. And I was really upset, so I went digging, and I learned that, no, it's not canceled. It's that the writers only wrote the three seasons, and they wanted it to stop there. So maybe this is the same case where maybe this is the ending of the series, and the writers wrote four seasons to make this story be told in the right way to do it across these four seasons and that's why this is going to be the end of it almost like sabrina um the chilling adventures of sabrina which ended on a horrible note but maybe that's all they did right i didn't read a lot about that i don't remember but i did do an entry on the ending of uh the chilling adventures of sabrina and i was really upset by that by how it was ended and how bad the ending was to me at least so I'm hoping this season definitely ends it off on a good note, if it is going to be the last one. If they do plan on doing more, you know, it's going to get difficult to really start making me believe that these kids are not how old they're, however old they're supposed to be for the show. You know, they've aged quite a lot since the first season, and, you know, I kind of want them to go off and do, you know, other things. You know, a couple of them have, you know, um... Uh, the, well, the one kid was in, uh, the It films that came out, uh, you have Millie Bobby Brown, who's done a bunch of other stuff, you know, she's becoming a really big actress, and, you know, you just, you want them to branch out, you don't want them to be, you know, stuck, just keep continuously needing to do this show and be on with this show forever, and, you know, you want, you don't want it to be, to become oversaturated either, so... Whether or not this is the end, I'm looking forward to the new season, and that's coming out to Netflix sometime in July. The first volume is coming out sometime in July. Okay, so uh, let's get back to June, and let's talk about a couple of movies. There's a movie that I found out about. um, It was originally released in a French film festival uh, called the, the, the Canis, the 75th Annual Canis film festival i'm probably pronouncing that wrong but it takes place in france and this was one of the one of the two films i'm actually going to talk about from the same film festival that i actually thought was you know really intriguing to see and i saw the trailer for it and it looks really really good it's called crimes of the future it's got um uh what's what's this guy's name vigo mortensen uh i I can't tell you too much about it either, just because it's a very bizarre trailer in a way. And the reason why it's bizarre, it just seems like this futuristic version of, like, if Hellraiser, like, not like it was, like, demons, but, like, it was alien technology, so it's kind of almost um, uh, technophobia in a way, but also, you know, aliens and the fear of aliens and stuff like that. Uh, It's got Viggo Mortensen, it's got Kristen Stewart in it. It looks really good. I think it got real high praises at the film festival. So that film festival was um, uh, a day or so ago 
or it's going to be released at that film festival in a day um, or so. And it's 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 coming out sometime around now, but you, we're not going to get it full-fledged in theaters anywhere. Uh, maybe not even theaters, just maybe widespread access in the United States uh, until the beginning of June. So definitely keep an eye out for that uh, and just know that it looks really, really good. It's uh, directed by um, David Cronenberg. For those who are not aware of what David Cronenberg uh, has done, he is very good when it comes to... Hmm, what can I say? How can I compare? Okay, so if you've ever seen like a history of violence, who, which again is Viggo Mortensen, if you've ever seen a history of violence, there's a certain way that the storytelling is in that film. Uh, what's, an, what's another film he's done? Um that I know off the top of my head. He did The Fly, the original The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. You know, he did the original Dead Zone. He did the original Videodrome. You know, David Cronenberg, he, he goes back a while and he's done some really good, good films. So I'm really looking forward to what this film might have to offer. And I just thought it, it just presented a really good, like, sort of eerie feeling when you're watching it it's kind of like going into people's bodies and stuff and it's just it's a lot it's it's a lot to kind of explain and if you are interested just go check out the trailer for the 2022 um crimes of the future it's going to be released and people are going to be able to access it at some point in june so definitely keep an eye out for that uh another one that was going through the um the Cannes Film Festival is a film that I caught wind of. Now this isn't a June release. This is actually going to be released in August. It's a film called Three Thousand Years of Longing. I just caught this trailer while looking up trailers to do for this because I had only really wanted to do it for a couple of trailers for things that were coming out. But then I found a whole bunch of other ones that I was like, holy shit, these all look great. I gotta talk about them. So, 3,000 Years of Longing. It's another film that's from this festival, and from the the uh, the looks of it, it's kind of giving me that feeling of, like, almost Aladdin, but darker. Because the trailer, it's, it, it's, it's Idris Elba, it's Tilda Sweeten, it's about getting wishes, it's about genies, but it's, like, a really dark take on what it, what it was really worth a wish. And what your wish really counts for when it comes to getting this sort of gift of finding the um, the genie in the bottle. It looks really, really good. I thought it was I thought it was tremendous enough to talk about it and to think that I have to wait until August, even though the Cannes Film Festival is within this week. I still have to wait that long to see it, and I think it looks great and totally worth the watch. You know evil game of thrones style aladdin story yeah give it to me <laughs> there, there was another film about witches that i did an entry for uh not too long ago uh wish upon which was very similar it was some uh, this little girl found this box the box gave her seven wishes and every time it gave her a wish it took a loved one away from her very very strange take on it but that's what i like i like these interesting takes on stories that we've kind of seen already. And the first thing I think of when I saw that trailer is, oh, it's sort of Aladdin, but it's dark as shit. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely keep your eyes out for it and check out that trailer. You might find a lot of interesting, uh, you might find it as interesting as I did. 
Uh, so that's it with the Cannes Film Festival. One more from another film festival, simply because uh, it's kind of weird that it's been talked about so much because it was al- it's already kind of out. So I'm sure you've seen the trailers for The Black Phone. And The Black Phone is a new Ethan Hawke film. It's a horror film about uh, kids getting kidnapped and getting murdered. And then the most recent one gets kidnapped and the ghosts of the dead kids are helping this new kid kind of stay alive and trying to help him survive and get past the guy who kidnapped him. Uh, Ethan Hawke looks great in the film. He wears a really creepy mask. It's It just looks like a really good story. And apparently it's already come out. It's been out since September of 2021. But it was released in a thing called the Fantastic Festival in Texas, which is also a, a film festival out of Texas, where a lot of you know people have you know found success for their films for, and this found enough success that it's actually going to be released in theaters this June. So sometime by the end of June, that's going to come to theaters, and I think that's going to be really enjoyable uh, to watch because I think it looks like a unique story, or at least a, new, a unique twist on a story that's been told a couple of times. You know, you can do the abduction story, you can do the kids getting murdered story, but it's just like I said about Avatar. It's about doing something different, or adding a new little piece of flair to the story to make it where it's there's something more to it than just kids getting kidnapped and the rejoice of them, you know, getting saved. I mean, that's just me, but... I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks great. And that's going to come out sometime in June. Uh, do I have anything else for June? Uh, we got Jurassic World 3. I, I'm on the on the fence about that. Jurassic World 3 Dominion uh, is coming out in June. I didn't like Jurassic World 2. I thought Jurassic World was pushing it a little bit. But it did do enough for me to say, yes, that's, that's worth it enough. But 2 is just kind of a real... It was a real disappointment. However, this other one, you know, they're trying to pull out all the stops. They're bringing back all the old actors and all the other characters. And they're trying to get it to kind of tug at us with the nostalgia, the nostalgia thing, essentially. But um, I might see it. I might wait till it comes out on like some sort of streaming service. But, you know, that's coming out in June. A lot of people might want to go see it in theater. I, I Like I said, I'm still on the fence with it. But you know, it's... Eh. You know, I'll leave that up to you. Uh, anything else for June? Let me think. Oh, Lightyear! The uh, newest uh, installment to the Disney Pixar world. They're coming out with a movie that's based on the actual character that the Buzz Lightyear toy is based on. And, you know, I'm interested in that. I think that's a good idea. You know, same way that they're doing the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing in a way. They're just kind of giving us these stories that we all want. I would also say if you're going to do that, then maybe give Woody one and see if maybe that would be successful. I don't know, maybe like a Pixar Western, you know? I mean, Lightyear looks pretty good. I'll probably see it. Again, I might wait until it goes on some sort of streaming service. But yeah, that's going into theaters soon, uh, sometime in June at least. And yeah, you know, I, I that's just another one I'm on the fence with. Maybe it's going to be good. Maybe it's going to be fun. You know, I'd rather them, you know just make more Toy Story, truthfully. Uh, but the fourth Toy Story was just so sad. Even the third one was so sad. And just continuing to do that is just, it's going to be too much on me. So yeah, maybe a Lightyear one is better. Uh, and I think that's it for movies in June. The last thing I want to talk about as far as TV shows in June is, is of course, the new season of The Boys. 
oh my god, this show is so good. And I just feel it, it sucks that we have to wait so long to get the next one. Waiting this long from when the second season ended, it's, it's such a good take. And again, this goes back to what I was saying. It's all about taking a concept that may have already been done, but adding a twist. What if you made superheroes assholes? And people wanted to kill them. It's just such a good idea. And the show does it so well. It's such good storytelling. To me, at least. I think it's great storytelling. And I'm looking forward to the new season. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Jensen Ankles back at it again in something else. You know, he hasn't been been doing anything since Supernatural. Uh, except for the voiceover he did for the animated Batman film. Hopefully he comes back to do the voice for Batman again. And in any other films that he might do for the DC animated universe, but he's going to be in this new season of the boys and that trailer looks great. That new season starts in June and I am excited. Speaking, however, of, uh, Batman, you know, with Jensen Eccles, let's move into July where we're going to talk about DC's league of super pets. Again, why this is what we decided to do. I don't know. This might've been a movie better set for the straight to DVD releases. Like, they've been doing with a lot of their other animated films i don't know why this went into theaters maybe they're trying to kind of feed off of what they what what popularity the secret life of pets got you know how do you do secret lights life of pets and make it about superheroes you know again mixing things up a little bit and i know a lot of people are i don't know much about many of the super pets i just know you know the superman's dog crypto that's it. I didn't know there was so many of them that they were able to make a whole league. But that's coming out sometime in July. Maybe a lot of people will have a lot of fun watching that. Uh, but truthfully, the DC movie that I'm looking more forward to, that's coming out in July, straight to DVD, of course, is the newest entry into the DC animated film universe, Green Lantern, Beware My Power. Which is taking the story of the fall of Hal Jordan and the rise of Jon Stewart as the next Green Lantern of the Justice League. I'm looking really forward to what that story is going to offer because I think the Green the Green Lantern character is such an interesting part of the DC Universe that doesn't get enough appreciation. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the biggest Green Lantern fan. I don't know everything about Green Lantern. But if you're talking about the superheroes with cool powers... What's cooler than be able to basically make whatever the heck you want and use it as a weapon? I, I, I don't know what else really tops that. And truthfully, I think Green Lantern can be done so well. It's nice to see more in the animated film area. But I do think that Green Lantern deserves his own show. And I've said this for years. I think you can give Green Lantern his own show and it would work. Why they never incorporated him in, like, the Arrowverse is beyond me. Green Lantern, I think, would do tremendous in the Arrowverse. But that's kind of going down the drain. I actually started an entry on that because I started trying to watch it in order. And I got stuck on um, Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm stuck in the first season. And it's really becoming grueling to watch. Like, Green Lantern would have been a perfect character to kind of add to that universe. But, you know, I mean, that's just my opinion. So let's move on. Uh, what else do we have in July? We've got, uh, I already talked about Stranger Things that was coming out in July. Oh, also on Netflix in July, we're finally getting the animated Resident Evil series. Not, not the animated one. No, the animated one just came out. 
I actually had made that mistake too in a previous entry I did when I was talking about the Resident Evil movie that came out at the end of last year. I thought the Resident Evil series that they were working on was an animated one. Apparently the animated one had already been released earlier that year and it flew right under my radar. Uh, I actually have to do an entry about that too uh, because I watched it and I enjoyed it. I enjoy the animated Resident Evil movies usually more than the live action. I do believe the one that came out at the end of last year did the the video games justice. And I do know that this new live action series Netflix is pushing isn't connected to that movie. It's kind of its own beast in a way. It's own telling of like the Resident Evil story or at least set in the Resident Evil world. And it looks great. The teaser trailer has been released. I don't think I've seen a full trailer yet. I don't know if that's out yet. But I'm very excited about it, and that's coming to Netflix sometime in July, and I can't wait. I love Resident Evil. I love everything about Resident Evil. I own all of the games. I've seen just about as much as I can see of it, except for the very last movie with Mila Jovovich. I have not wanted to put myself through that, I guess I could say. And maybe I should, so I can say that I have watched everything Resident Evil. Because I've literally played through every Resident Evil video game. And I mean every single one of them. I played through Dead Aim. I played through Survivor. I even played through the Game Boy one, which I can't remember the name of it, but it was for Game Boy Color, and it was really bad. And I know a lot of you are kind of sitting there going, what, they had a Game Boy Resident Evil? Yes, they had a Game Boy Resident Evil. Look it up. It's bad. So, looking forward to that in July. And that's all I really want to talk about about June and July. Here's a couple that are in August. We have Prey which is apparently a Predator sequel set in the year 1700. And that's going to be a film that's coming out uh, exclusively to Hulu uh, in August. And I love the Predator series, too. I think Predator should get, should get more credit. You know, everybody loves, you know, the Alien films and the Xenomorphs and all the stuff that it's attached to that. You know, I think the most we got was Predator Hunting Grounds as far as a video game is concerned. But I think almost every Predator film in some way, shape, or form, adds more to the lore of the Predator. And it deserves a little bit more credit and more attention. I think that character is great. I think the stories that they've told for that character is great. Predator 1 with Arnold Schwarzenegger, fantastic. Predator 2 uh, with, with uh, Danny Glover, amazing film, to me at least, way better than the first one. Predators, you know, with um, Adrian Brody, like, that film was great. I, th I think all the iterations, in some way, shape, or form, have added more to that character and made me kind of love and appreciate it more. So I'm looking forward to that in August. Something else in August I'm kind of on the fence about. I don't know how to feel about it. But the prequel Game of Thrones series, House of the Dragon, is coming out in August on HBO. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be worth it. You know, a lot of people really really are still feeling the hurt from that ending of game of thrones so i don't know if going back and trying to make a prequel is going to really catch a lot of people it might catch enough to keep it afloat for a couple of years but if it doesn't make it through the first year and get people hooked back into it i don't see that lasting very long it's going to be tough for me to watch i'm going to tell you the truth and i'm not that big of a fan i just know that i got into it very late on in the game and that was because my wife is so enthralled in that universe she's read every book three times 
literally three times. She's listened to the audio books at least twice. That's like 27 hours, 37 hours worth of audio per book. And she's listened to them twice. She used to collect the card game. She went to go see George R.R. Martin at this like little um, like speak thing he did in the theater. And she got this specialty memoir slash map slash Dothraki thing that she had signed by him. And she had this, she has these pamphlets about how to speak Dothraki. She hasn't touched any of it. When I say we're sitting on boxes upon boxes of Game of Thrones collectibles alone, and they're just sitting in bins now. Like This is stuff she used to really be passionate about and really love. Maybe she still has a love for it somewhere, and maybe she'll want to sit down and watch it. And I might only watch it to watch it with her. But if she doesn't want to watch it, I'm not going out of my way. They really ruined it for me when it came to that last season. So I don't know if House of the Dragon is going to pull a lot of people back if I'm at least one person that's not on on board with it. I'm not on board with it. But I might be wrong. And maybe I'll get into it like I did Game of Thrones, wait two years, and then be like, okay, they lasted. Let's let's sit down with it now. Maybe. <laughs> uh, one... One last thing I want to bring up uh, is, um, it's a little random, but I appreciate it. CBS is going to be releasing a series in the fall to be part of its lineup for next year, the 2022 and the 23 um, TV season lineup. And it's a televised adaptation of the film from the 90s, True Lies. For those who don't know, I might actually do a completely separate entry on just this fucking film. For those who don't know, True Lies is a film from the 90s starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. It's got a whole bunch of other people in it, but essentially what it is, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger is a secret spy for a covert branch of the government, and he also tries to be a family man. And then his family gets brought into it, and they didn't know he was a spy, so this is how his family discovers that he's a spy. So what they decided to do was take that story, and now, 30 years later, have decided that it deserves a TV adaptation. Maybe they're trying to lead off the somewhat success of what the Lethal Weapon show got. I only watched the first season of the Lethal Weapon show. I think it ran for three or four seasons. I'm not sure if it's even still on anymore. I might even be wrong about it lasting that long. And then they had, you've had a bunch of these pop up. There was the Hannibal shows that were, I think, sort of connected to the Silence of the Lambs. I might be wrong about that too, but I never watched that. But this idea of taking these old films and turning them into shows and trying to ignite again that nostalgia, you know, like there's a lot of people out there that are probably diehard, low-key, True Lies fans. Because it's, it's a very enjoyable 90s film. It's it's 90s galore, and it's part of the Arnold Schwarzenegger history. So a lot of people might be interested in watching this to see where they're going to go with it. But it could just be a failed attempt again. Uh, but you know, for those who are True Lies fans and didn't know about this, there's a trailer for it out there. It doesn't look too bad. Uh, it's got some people I don't recognize in it, so it's not really going to try to drag you in for the actors. It's going to drag you in for the name. And it's truthfully only dragging in the people who were probably in their prepubescent years during the 90s and are now very much older, have access to their TVs and can control all of that, 
and want to feel a little bit of nostalgia for that story. But there's no Arnold Schwarzenegger as far as I know, so maybe a lot of people won't be as interested in, in it as I think they are. So now the very last thing I want to talk about before I go, I'm not going to get too in-depth with this. What I am going to say, however, is I'm probably going to do, because I want to start live streaming in some way, So and I want to start recording more for other things, videos and stuff like that. I might record a video of my reaction for this. I started it, I got maybe 15 seconds into it, and I'm going to leave you with this. Look up Amityville in space. Amityville in space. You are welcome.